In this week's episode, we're going to be taking a look at attachment theory, which dates all the way back to the 1950s. According to psychiatrist and the psychoanalyst John Bullby, a child's early relationship with their caregivers form the way that a child will approach social interactions and relationships throughout their life. The concept is actually really easy to grasp. It's when a baby is born, their first social bond that they encounter is going to be with their caregivers, which in most cases are their parents. This is when the child's brain starts to form a perception of social interactions. If the child is brought up in a warm and nurturing environment where the caregivers are responsive to the child's emotional needs, a secure bond is then formed. The child is taught indirectly that his or her emotions and needs will be recognized, that he or she will be supported, loved, and that people in general can be trusted. But on the contrary, when a child perceives that his or her needs are not met, the child is not able to build a secure and stable bond with the caregivers. This, of course, leads to a distorted perception of how relationships work. Welcome to the Life Unmasked podcast, where we talk about all things dating, relationship, and everyday life issues. Welcome back to another episode of Life Unmasked. I'm so excited to be here with you guys again today, kind of doing this half mini series, half not. I'm not exactly for sure what it is. It just kind of started developing on its own, so I'm so excited. Um, we're going to be talking about attachment theory today, which is something I I would love to say that I'm not obsessed with it, but I kind of sort of am. I definitely started getting more into it when my counselor, this was years ago, when my counselor started approaching me with, oh, you should probably do some research into it because it sounds like you fall into this <clears throat> this certain category <laughs> with attachment theory. And I was like, what? What is that? And so I started becoming obsessed. And then once I became a counselor, having dug even deeper into it, it's crazy what has developed and being able to recognize like, oh my gosh, yes. That is so me. Even with people that I work with, I'm like, okay, this this actually makes sense for you. With that, this episode, even if you don't fall into one of the things that I'm going to be sharing today, I still highly, highly, highly encourage you guys to listen to this episode all the way through. Because we are all in relationships, right? We are all in different types of relationships with each other. Whether it be in a dating, romantic type of relationship or friendship, the family dynamic, co-workers, whatever it is, we, we're in relationships with people 
in every single aspect of our lives. And so being able to notice and hear something that might not necessarily work for you, but if it's into a category of somebody that you might know, can actually be very awakening for how even you can respond to someone. It helps you understand why someone might actually respond to you the way that they do. And I'm always someone who takes the time to get to know other people, not just because it's my job, but it's because how I talk to someone is going to look different than how I talk to someone else. When I was going through... um, Bethel and the program and all this stuff when I got to my my third year I started realizing that how I talk to one student is going to look completely different than how I talk to one of my other students because not everybody falls in the same category or same line of understanding communication well it's the same when it comes to how someone grew up and the type of relationships that they're in so if I can understand someone's dynamic and how they are and how they think and operate it actually helps me in the long run not just within myself but it helps me be able to communicate and work better with that individual whoever it might be so i highly encourage you guys to listen to this episode all the way through today is going to be kind of lengthy because there's three types of attachments that i'm going to be covering It might be a little bit more scientific, a little bit more detailed, but it is packed with information, and I'm so, so, so excited for all of you guys to hear today's episode. So the three different attachment types that we're going to be covering today all fall in line with, it's called an insecure attachment. And so there's three of them. The first one is the anxious, which is also known as the preoccupied. Then there's the avoidant, which is the dismissive. And then the disorganized, which is also known as a fearful avoidant, different style. And the reason why I want I wanted to do this is because all of us, want to be appreciated we all want attention and we all want support we all crave that and so because of that and even in our need of wanting to be loved we also want to feel secure and valued and appreciated because I don't know about you guys but I definitely don't like to be left out or feel like somebody doesn't understand me and so A lot of times it's normal for us to seek approval, especially when it comes to emotional responsiveness, when it comes from our family, our friends, our partners, whatever that might be. And it's also normal for us to fear losing someone's love. Now, here is where the attachment styles kind of come into play. It's normal to fear losing someone's love, right? But sometimes we don't always recognize the attachment style or what we're doing or what why we are the way that we are. And when we operate, sometimes we're not aware that the fears that we might have towards certain things 
actually aren't normal. So sometimes those fears can come off really strong, but we have a tendency sometimes to look at it and rationalize it as, well, it's normal for me to be afraid of this because everybody has that fear. When, yes, everybody has a fear of losing something or some type of insecurity at some somewhere along the line, but not everybody has an insecurity that goes so deep that causes certain patterns that I'm going to be talking about today. Now, when it comes to adults, it's sometimes really hard to recognize insecure attachments within us as adults, but I'm hoping that today, pointing out some signs, kind of talking about each attachment will make it a little bit easier to help identify whether it's yourself, whether it's someone that you're close to, hopefully it'll help you identify the different types of styles that might be occurring within somebody that you know. So the first one I'm going to be talking about is the the anxious, the preoccupied style. And this actually develops, all of these develop in childhood. Childhood is the foundation of where we learn all of our basic skills. And so and this one it has to do, and it's associated with inconsistent parent, a parenting pattern. So sometimes the parents will be supportive and responsive to the child's needs, while at other times they will be misattuned to the child. The inconsistency might make it difficult for the child to understand what the parent's behavior means and what kind of response to expect in the future. The child might end up confused about his or her relationship with their caregivers. So by the way, anytime I refer to caregivers in this episode, I'm taking it from a counselor, therapist point of view. Caregivers means the person who who raised you ultimately. Um, and the reason why I say caregivers is because not everybody grew up with their parents. Some people grew up with their grandparents or aunts and uncles. Um, maybe they grew up in a foster care system. Whatever it is, it's not always a parent type situation. So anytime I say caregivers, that is what I'm referring to. I just wanted to put that disclaimer now in case you get confused along the way. So the child might end up confused about his or her relationship with the caregivers whose behavior sends them mixed signals. Another factor that is linked to the development of an anxious attachment style in children is the so-called emotional hunger of the caregivers. In that case, the caregivers would seek emotional and physical closeness with the children in order to satisfy their own needs rather than the child's. This can also create kind of a codependent relationship with their child. Um, parents, the parents that suffer with this or deal with this, they might appear to be intrusive or overprotective. They might use the child to satisfy their own hunger for love or to present their own selves in a certain light, like 
that they're the perfect parent. It should also be noted that raising a child in such a way might be an automatic and unrealized pattern in adults who were also raised the same way. So like, it's kind of one of those things of passed down, and you're going to notice this a lot in all the styles, but like how a parent was raised is most likely how they're going to end up raising their child unless they can recognize of, oh, that was super unhealthy. I don't want to do that to my child. But most of the time it gets it gets blurred and they don't realize that how they're interacting or what they're doing is unhealthy. So caregivers whose child develops this type of attachment style are likely to have an anxious attachment style themselves. And this is not about genetics, but about a continually behavior patterns throughout generations. So kind of like what I just said. So when children have a higher risk of developing um, this type of attachment, it actually creates a super unhealthy attachment even within their friendships. So if you look at everything that I had just said, um, the behaviors might threaten the child's ability to form a secure attachment with other people. Inconsistent responsiveness to a child's emotional needs, being misintuned and emotional distance as well as preoccupation with an intrusiveness in the child's life are some of the risk factors for the development of the anxious attachment style in children. So some of the, so in addition to, but not necessarily the less common risk factors in this has to do with a physical or psychological abuse, um, early separation from the caregiver And with this, it's essential to note that having an insecure attachment style is not a mental disease or disorder. It is common among adults and in most cases is nothing to worry about. Still, having an unstable and insecure attachment style can cause distress and it can cause harm to relationships. So... How can we recognize a person who has an anxious attachment style, especially now carrying it into adulthood? So adults that have this anxious, preoccupied attachment style might think highly of others, but often suffer from low self-esteem. So for example, let's say you are in a relationship And the person you're with, let's say it's a guy, he's dating a girl, and that girl gets incredibly jealous, and she's jealous all the time. The reason she's jealous is because these types of individuals, they are incredibly sensitive, and they're so in tune with their partner's needs, but are often insecure and anxious about their own worth in the relationship. So if a loved one rejects them or fails to respond to their needs, they might blame themselves or label themselves as not being worthy of love. So adults with this anxious type of attachment, 
They need the constant reassurance that they are loved, that they are worthy, and that they are good enough. So the strong fear of abandonment might often cause anxious adults to be intensely jealous or suspicious of their partners. This is why jealousy plays a massive role in relationships. It's because it's a f- the fear also might lead them to become desperate, they become clingy, they become preoccupied with their relationships, and adults with the anxious attachment are often afraid of and even incapable of being alone. They are constantly seeking intimacy and closeness and are highly emotional and dependent on others. The presence of having that loved one appears to be a remedy for their strong emotional needs. Um, and even how they are in relationships, having an insecure attachment style can be incredibly tiring. It can feel like you are on this emotional roller coaster all the time, not just for the person who has that the anxious um, attachment style, but for the someone who's actually in a relationship with someone who has that style, it can feel like the emotions are up and down. Like one minute you're great, the next minute you're not. And there's all of that in between. You know, you it, it's hard to keep on this like even specter of things are going really well. It might also cause anxiety and stress and unhappiness and feeling having low life satisfaction. And when it comes to adults with anxious attachment styles, relationships might be both life-saving and life-threatening. The fear of being alone or being rejected is the poison. It's a disturbing feeling which leads to constant doubt and constant worry. While on the other hand, the presence of the loved one might might be more important and the demonstration of affection is the remedy itself. An anxious individual might be insecure about where they stand in a relationship and whether the partner loves them as much as they do in return. The slightest disappointment or sign of rejection from the partner could be harmful to an already low self-esteem. So some signs of having the anxious attachment in adults, I'm going to give 10 here. The first one is they lack a strong sense of self and low self-esteem. And they have a tendency to put others and their needs first. Then there's the strong desire for relationships and intimacy. And they have a hard time being alone. They're always seeking approval and reassurances from others. They are clingy and needy, and those types of behaviors play out in their relationships. There's this strong fear of rejection, criticism, and abandonment. Um, And then becoming extremely upset when they receive disapproval. This can be meant like with crying and anger 
it can be very intense when it comes to them getting disapproval because everything they do is directed for the other person. Then, of course, there's the jealousy and the frustration when a partner is unavailable or not attentive. There's a tendency to overanalyze and they worry excessively about their relationships. And the last one is it's easy for them to ignore or misleading signs of relational issues. So that is the, the anxious or the preoccupied attachment style. The next one I'm going to be covering, be covering is the avoidant attachment. So this one is, when it comes to children, this one is also known as the anxious avoidant in childhood. And it then becomes the avoidant dismissive in adulthood. So um, parents who are strict and emotionally distant, they do not tolerate the expression of feelings and expect their child to be independent and tough might raise children with the avoidant attachment style. Now, as adults, these children appear confident and self-sufficient they do not tolerate emotional or physical intimacy and might not be able to build deep, long-lasting relationships. And then as an adult, when it comes to the workplace, if you have this attachment, it can also be seen as that they're super independent or even the lone wolf. So how a child develops this type of style is the development of the anxious avoidant attachment style in a child has much more to do with the emotional availability of their caregivers. The caregivers do not necessarily neglect the child in general. They are present, but they have a tendency to avoid the display of emotion and intimacy and are often misattuned to the child's emotional needs. So caregivers are reserved and seem to back off when the child reaches out for support, for reassurance, and for affection. The caregivers are likely to become more distant as the situation gets more emotionally dense. They might even become overwhelmed and want to get out. This is when their unavailability would be most evident. The child expresses a need for closeness, but instead of receiving it, they perceive that the door is shut in their face. Parents whose children become avoidant might not only avoid expressing their own feelings. They might also disapprove of or not tolerate any notable display of emotions from their children, regardless whether it is negative or positive. So these children are not being able to express whether they're happy or they're sad because emotions are involved. When it's displayed, when emotions are displayed, caregivers can become angry and try to disrupt the child's behavior by telling the child to toughen up. The parent expects the young child to behave independent, to be serious, and to be reserved. So being raised in an environment like this is likely to cause an avoidant attachment style. Most often, the caregivers have this attachment style themselves. 
since, again, having learned this from the way that they were raised, it was passed down and it's been passed down unintentionally from generation to generation to generation. So adults then who have this attachment style, they seem to be pretty happy about who they are and where they're at. These types of adults, they might be very social, easygoing, and fun to be around. And in addition, these individuals might have a lot of friends. And if you're taking it from an outside world perspective and not Christian, they might also be the ones who have a ton of sexual partners. But generally speaking, they're not alone and they're not lonely. They tend to have a high self-esteem and they do not rely on others for reassurance or emotional support. And these individuals might invest in their professional development and are likely to build up their confidence with each professional success. These individuals always seem to be in control, that they have to be in control. So some of the signs of this one is that they avoid intimacy with others and they prefer distance. They have a tendency to pull away as soon as someone tries to get close. Um, They have high self-esteem and they don't rely on others for reassurance or emotional support. Um, They are uncomfortable with opening up to others and expressing private thoughts. They have dismissive behaviors and they may come off as being aloof. They minimize emotional expressions. Seeing yourself as self-sufficient and independent, um, they might appear as they're strong, confident, and always in control. They believe that you don't need emotional intimacy in their lives. And it's difficult to trust and rely on others. So how this attachment style plays out in in relationships, so for avoidant adults, social interactions and bonds remain on the surface. In order for a relationship to be meaningful and fulfilling, it has to become deep. And for these people, that's when it hits a wall. These individuals will let you be around them, but they will not actually let you in. They tend to avoid strong displays of closeness and intimacy. And as soon as things get serious, the dismissive avoidant individuals are likely to start to close themselves off. At this point, people might try to find a reason to end the relationship. They might be highly annoyed by their partner's behaviors, by their habits, or even their physical appearance, which consequently ends up with they start to drift off and start to distance themselves from their partner. So adults with this attachment style believe that they do not need emotional intimacy in their lives. And this is a direct result from their upbringing. Their caregivers showed them that people cannot be relied on. Whenever they saw emotional support in the past, it was not provided. They stopped seeking or expecting it from others. 
it's as if they have turned off that switch. From the outside, an adult with an avoidant attachment style, they might look confident and strong and together. This does not mean, however, that the person is not suffering or making those around him or her suffer. To the avoidant adult, emotional closeness and intimacy are often off the table. Not because they will not reap the benefits, but because they don't know how. Either way, not being able to build a deep, meaningful, and long-lasting relationship can be painful for people with this attachment style. It can also be heartbreaking for the ones who love them because there's that wall and no one can penetrate beyond that wall. Furthermore, having an avoidant attachment style as a parent is likely to affect your child's attachment style. So if you have it, if, you're, if you are avoidant, you are most likely going to pass it on and that will get passed on. This is when the whole generational attachment style of this occurs. So the last insecure attachment I'm going to be talking about is the, the disorganized attachment style. So, of, again, this attachment style is believed to be a consequence from childhood trauma or abuse. Um, this actually, when I start to go through this, this has, this is me. <laughs> um, this is my attachment style. And if I laugh because as I've dug more into this one, I'm like, Oh, it's so prevalent in myself. While I might have some of the other ones, this one, this is me to a T. Um, just giving you a heads up, a lot of people who have suffered trauma, not even just as a child, but trauma as an adult, can actually develop this type of attachment. While a lot of these are developed from childhood, it's easy to develop a style later on in life unintentionally. So I just want to make you guys aware of that as well. So this one, as I said, it is believed to be a consequence of childhood trauma or abuse. And its perceived fear is the central aspect of its development. So the survival of the child depends on the caregivers. The child knows that subconsciously he or she will have to seek safety in the caregivers. A problem arises when the source of safety becomes the source of fear. If the caregivers show highly contrasting behavior, which is inconsistent and unpredictable, the child can start fearing his or her own safety. The child does not know what to expect, nor does the child know when the caregiver will meet their needs, if their needs will get met at all. Another reason for fear is having or have witnessed a traumatizing experience that involves the attachment figure. So, for example, the caregiver abuses the child or 
whether it's verbally, physically, or sexually, or the child witnesses the caregiver abusing somebody else. Either way, the child no longer trusts that caregiver. They realize that they cannot rely on their caregiver to meet their physical or emotional needs. The caregivers who should be acting as a source of safety are not only unreliable, but they are also the ones now causing the fear. So children with a disorganized attachment style are not able to truly adapt to the caregiver's behavior as they never know what's going to happen next. Such children lack coherence in their own behavior towards their caregivers. They might seek closeness, but at the same time reject their close their their caregiver's proximity and they'll distance themselves due to that fear. So having experienced that as a childhood, then going into adulthood and getting into relationships, Adults with a disorganized attachment style lack a coherent approach towards relationships. On one hand, they want to belong. They want to love and be loved. While on the other, they are afraid to let anyone in. They have a strong fear that the people who are closest to them will hurt them. So adults with a disorganized attachment style fear intimacy, and they avoid proximity, similar to adults with the avoidant attachment style. The main difference for disorganized adults is that these individuals, they want and they long and they crave to be in relationships. These adults expect and are waiting for the rejection, though. They're waiting for that disappointment and hurt to come because in their perception, it's inevitable. I'm going to dig into this a little bit more, but this kind of goes along with the whole self-fulfilling prophecy I talked about two weeks ago. They do not reject emotional intimacy. They're just afraid of it. So adults with a disorganized attachment style continue to view the attachment figure as unpredictable. So somehow they've gone from, they're looking at their partner kind of in the same category as they looked at their caregiver. Kind of goes into what I talked about last week about being attracted to the wrong people. We end up putting our potential partner in the caregiver's role and because we do that, because we're and we're craving that, we're longing for that affection and attention, by doing this, we're also creating this whole scenario that we can't trust them either because we've put them, our partner, in the role of our caregiver. So... A couple of signs of the disorganized attachment in adults is that they are unable to regulate their emotions. There's a strong fear of being hurt, of being rejected, of being abandoned by the ones that they love. They're chronically vigilant and incredibly anxious. 
they have low self-agency. So that is a self, a sense of not having an impact on the world. Um, they're often, they feel helpless and in, ineffective in life. They have um, poor goal-oriented behaviors. There's difficulties with bonding and opening up and trusting others. Showing um, contradictory behaviors in intimate relationships. Um, with this, it's like that whole, I hate you, but please don't leave me. I can't handle if you leave me. Um, they often will alter between cleanliness and aloofness. And they exhibit characteristics and behaviors of the other two insecure attachment styles, which is the dismissive and preoccupied. And that's why I said I might be able to relate to the other ones, but this is where my secure attachment style is because this one often embodies both of those other attachment styles. So this mindset, this uh, this whole self-fulfilling prophecy, it can turn into a form of self-sabotage, um, causing this disorganized adult to end a relationship prematurely. So again, self-fulfilling prophecy. The disorganized adults expect and they predict that they will be rejected by their partner, either when there are no signs or he or she sp starts behaving in a way that leads to fulfilling the expectations. So they end, they end up ending the relationship. So for me, with my self-fulfilling prophecy, is I used to think that my past, this is just an example, my past was going to be too much for someone to handle. That What's happened to me with the abuse that I've been through, with the human trafficking, all this stuff was going to be too much. And because it's going to be too much, every guy is going to leave me because they're not going to be able to handle what I've been through. And that thing makes me unlovable. Literally, I would have all these thoughts that I would get into a relationship with a guy. He's going to think my past was too much. He's going to see it as unlovable. He was going to see me as dirty, all these things. I would start to think that. So then when the person left, it gave me cause then to believe even more in that self-fulfilling prophecy. Does that make sense? So disorganized adults tend to have a negative view of both themselves and others. It's not always true, but it it can happen. And these ones are at higher risk of developing mental health issues, such as substance abuse, anger issues, and sometimes it can even lead to the abuse of their own children. This is why it's so often that we say that hurt people hurt people, or we'll even find that someone who abuses their child was also abused themselves because that was something that they learned at an early stage in their life. And unfortunately, this one can also be linked to 
adults. So research has actually found that this style in adults also link with having borderline personality disorder. I know that's not necessarily a a good thing to like think of or even encouraging, but recent research have actually found a link between the two. So those are the three attachment styles. Now, I know that there's a lot of information that I chucked out at you guys, but there is hope. (laughs) Believe it or not, if you fall into one of these secure attachment styles, there is a way for you to learn how to become more secure and learn how to maybe open up and get help. And there's a series of things that you guys can do. First, it starts with recognizing that, hey, this is me. I'm in this. I actually fall into this attachment style. Recognizing and acknowledging it is usually always the first step. With that, start to do things. Start to read books. Start to... um, Start to just help out and um, help out not just yourself, but helping out, asking questions to others of like, hey, how have you perceived me? When I've done this, you know, what has been your takeaway? Start getting feedback from others. And then sometimes it even looks like going to counseling and getting help from a professional. Whatever it may be, there are things that you can help to get you out to help you in this attachment style. So while it might not ever go away, while those things are still going to be very much a part of you, there are certain things that you can do to grow and better yourself as a person so you don't become so stuck and defined in this bubble of this attachment. For me... Uh, the things that have really helped me out is first understanding myself, understanding who I am as an individual and why I, what has happened in my life to maybe create this type of attachment. Also being able to recognize within myself of like, hey, I actually struggle in this area. So because I struggle here, I'm going to reach out and involve myself and get help from people who actually excel in this area and learn and grasp from them. Because if I can surround myself with people who I might, with in things that I might struggle with, I can actually learn and better myself in such a way that even though I might struggle I'm learning how to not struggle as much. I'm learning new tools and tricks of how to actually better develop myself as not just an individual, but as someone who wants to help others, someone who longs to be in relationships, you know, and that's why I kind of wanted to start do this like half mini series. I don't know what it is. I, there's no formula for the last couple of weeks, but Bringing you guys into that place of like, hey, this is where I started. I can recognize this to hear of like, oh, it all makes sense as to why 
I've been struggling with that is because this is what my attachment is. This is why I am and how, why I reacted the way that I have. It all lines up with each other. The things that we do, we all line up with each other. So because of that, and because I've been willing to grow, it has now led me to this place where I, whatever happens with this guy that I've been talking to, it is developing into something really beautiful. And it is allowing me the opportunity to be like, oh, I can feel there is, there are good men out there. I am capable of having a healthy relationship and not everything that I'm going to endure in my love life is going to be tragic in some way. Whether the relationship that I end up in or not end up in, whatever it might be, learning and understanding more about myself and why I am the way that I am and going and getting help and learning more and seeking out tools to help better myself can actually help me develop pulling away from having that insecure attachment. Anyways, I hope that all of today's episode has helped you out. I know it was jam-packed full of information. This episode's a little bit longer than some of my other typical individual um, episodes, but I wanted to be able to give you guys all the information about attachment theory that there is. There is one attachment that I didn't talk about because I didn't feel like that was necessary for today's episode, and that's the secure attachment, um, which it just means that you're healthy, that you've had loving parents, and you're great. <laughs> that's all that is for the insecure attachment. But I wanted to be able to provide you guys with the information so you if you fall into this or if you know someone, you can better understand who they are and maybe why they are and act the way that they do. So thank you. I'm excited for next week's episode. Until next time. Bye. If you like today's podcast, make sure to share it with friends, family, and whoever you feel needs to hear it. Also, make sure to follow the Life Unmasked podcast as well as my own account on Instagram. I try to post new content almost daily and I also do Instagram lives where I bring on guests to talk about different topics. You can find us at life underscore unmasked underscore podcast and at Kimmy Sue 1987. I love to hear from my listeners, so if you'd like make sure to send me a DM. Until next time.